Hi and welcome back to India on 99.94, your home of Indian cricket content. I'm Nikesh Raghani, your host, BBC commentator and Sarah Waris of Wisdom, my co-host alongside me as always. And today we're going to be discussing Rishabh Bunt, a bit of a Rishabh Bunt special, really. Um, not necessarily like we've done specials in the past where we've sort of celebrated the likes of Julan Goswami and you know, even Virat Kohli um, on occasion as well. Um, It's more of a sort of in-depth look at his stats across formats, what he brings to the Indian side in each of those formats. And it is basically off the comments that he made to Harsha Bogle in that interview when it was raining in that final ODI in New Zealand. And he talked about his stats and Harsha was basically almost complimenting him, really, I, I felt, mm. with that sort of comparison with Verenda Sewag and the fact that they're very successful at test cricket despite their attacking nature. We spoke about that on the podcast in the previous episode as well. And, uh, and Sarah, those comments have, have divided opinion, haven't they, with Rishabh Bunt saying that he doesn't care about those stats at the moment. It's time to judge him when he's 30 or 32 and, and then sort of compare those stats mm. across formats. It's, it's divided opinion, hasn't it? Yeah, so his exact uh, comments were, Harsha Bogle was asking him um, that his white ball record is not as good as his test record. And um, Pan just cut him in, in and said that his white ball record is not that bad either. So uh, there are two sides to it, I'd say that on one hand, uh, you know, for someone like Someone who's 22, 20, uh, he's not 22, 24, 25, he recently turned 25. To have that kind of a uh, comment and to just cut off someone who is so experienced and say his record is not that bad either somehow reeks of a little bit of arrogance when his his ODI stats are great but his T20I stats are not the greatest so you know you can instead of saying my white ball record is not the worst either you can easily say yeah uh, or you can just finish off. L- allow him to finish what he's saying and then you know say that yeah I have improvements to do in this format because right now what it seemed was you know well I I am above criticism my white ball record is not that bad either so don't compare it now compare it later that part of uh, his line was true that you know he's too young to be compared to someone like a Virinder Sevag but just the part where he said that my white ball record is not the great uh, is not bad either it's not the greatest either so you know just cut off on that arrogance I know it seemed a little arrogant to me I I don't know how you felt about his comments though I mean they they did come across a little bit arrogant I suppose you've got to take various things into account when comments like this are made obviously English is his second language he was giving the interview in English so sometimes the phrases that you use might not be the same as you'd use if you were speaking Hindi or another language um, that that you're more familiar with. So you've got to always take those comments with a pinch of salt sometimes for cricketers who English isn't their first language and and players from India is, you know, although some of them speak it brilliantly, it's still not their first language. And even Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli sometimes say things and you think, did he really just say that? Or, you know, that came across a bit strong. But if you did the literal translation into, you know, Marathi or Hindi or whatever it might be, 
it might come across a little bit different and people might be more accepting of those comments that they made. Um, and Richard Bunt, look, he speaks decent English. He speaks good English. Um, but, you know, he's he's not as fluent as some of those other guys that I've just mentioned as well. So you've, you've got to take that into account. Um, I think the fact that he mentioned 30-32, he's sort of almost assuming that he's going to be in the Indian white ball sides all the way through until he's 32 years old, which is a little bit arrogant as well. Um, because, you know, even if you're the great Sachin Tendulkar, you know, age 16 or 18, or, you know, even when he was sort of in his early 20s, similar age to Rishabh Pant, and he was making waves, and, and obviously his records were a lot better than Rishabh's at that stage. But even then, somebody like him was very humble when he did those interviews and, and talked about the future and just talked about looking ahead to the next series and respecting opponents. And all right, sometimes people just want real talk, don't they? And and maybe that's what Rishab is giving. But Harsha was giving real talk as well, because as you mentioned, those stats, and you, you said ODI stats are good. I don't think they're very good. I don't, let, let's, let's delve into his ODI stats to start with. So he's played just the 30 matches. So it's Fairly early on his, in his career, but he's had a decent run as well to be able to judge him, um, I'd say. 30 matches, 26 innings, so he's he's not batted in all of those 30 matches. The 100, which we saw against England, that 125 not out, brilliant. That was awesome. You know, match-winning innings, that. Average of 34.6. That's pretty, yeah. in, in this day and age, that's pretty average. This is not 1996 where that would be considered a, a good average, a healthy average. Um, you know, his strike rate is good, 106.65. You'd expect nothing less from somebody like Rishabh Pant. Um, but, you know, the average, the the fact, let, let's break it down as well, Sarah, because I've got the country by country comparison here as well. And so he's played those 30 matches. 12 of them have come against the West Indies. So the, the vast majority against one opponent and out of those 12 he's batted 10 times 263 runs at an average of 26.3 so that's not very good not not the best opposition as well to have played those 12 matches yeah. against um and the only countries the average is anywhere close to decent and and more than decent against England 78 is average out of five innings but that was helped by 125 not out overall he scored just the 312 runs um, so that was hugely boosted by that 125 not out. Mm. And then Bangladesh, who he's only played one innings against and scored 48. Everybody else, uh, you know, South Africa, three matches, average of 33, not bad, not great. Australia, 26. You know, the, New Zealand, you know, his record is terrible against them. Sri Lanka, just the one innings where he's out for four. So he's not really taken the world by storm, has he, at all? Yeah, I agree with that. But on the other hand, this is right from his debut. And um, on the other hand, I'd like to talk about his stats since 2021, where he's not done that badly either. So 491 runs, which is the fourth highest for uh, amongst all players, uh, amongst all Indians. Twelve, uh, He's batted in 12 innings. Average of 45, strike rate of 110. His strike rate is the best among Indian players with a, uh, at least 225 runs in this period. So, uh, yeah, maybe he didn't start off that well. And now, you know, uh, last year, since COVID break, at least he's been doing decently. And uh, I would still say that 
he is better suited to ODIs than he is to T20Is at this point in his career because he is the kind of player who needs some time to get in and uh, go after the ball. Uh, then he goes after the bowling. So ODIs is better suited for him in that regard. And uh, even in his te- uh, last ten innings, if you see his last ten innings, I am just going to read out his last ten innings. 77, 78, 16, 85, 0, 11, 18, 56, 125, uh, unbeaten 125 and 15. So, they're not bad, bad stats either. So, I know why people uh, keep on talking about his uh, ODI stats not being great. And overall, if you look at it, it's not uh, like the greatest. But off late... I can see an improvement in his ODI uh, performances and that is the whole reason why I'm like at least he should be given a longer run in this format because I still feel that at number 5, 4 or 5 he can be a good ODI batter for India. 4 I think Shreya Ayer is locked in but at 5 I think it will be a toss up between um, Sky, um, uh, not Sky, KL Rahul and Rishapan KL Rahul is likely to edge ahead and what people a lot of people compare Sanju Samson versus uh, Rishapan but currently I would still say that it's between Sanju Samson and Surya Kumar Yadav not based on ability alone but because of you know what the team management is thinking so uh, like that's my uh, two pence on it and I know what's more um Important is that he's not been able to do well in T20Is. And that is like, I just want to ask you, why is that the case? Why people like Sehwag, you know, Harsha Bhogle was talking uh, in his interview, he was comparing that. Why are people like Sehwag and Rishapan, if you can think of any other examples, these, these players are, seems like they will take to white ball cricket more easily than they do, but they rule test cricket. Why is that the case? Well, I mean, firstly, on Virendra Sehwag, he sort of revolutionised the way that Test cricket was played because of his style and because of that attacking nature. And mm. and obviously, look, in Test cricket, you're, you're going to get more gaps because there's going to be a slip cordon. There's going to be all those catches behind the bat. There might be a short leg. So you're going to have all those gaps to, to be able to score. And, and somebody like him opening the batting as well and blessed with such brilliant hand-eye coordination as well. You know, very little foot movement from somebody like a Sehwag, but just had that brilliant hand-eye coordination and, and the power as well that he packed in those shots. Um, for him, I certainly think that's that's the that suited him a lot better. I'd say they're not similar in that way, though, because Rishabh Bunt, mm. the reason he's done well in Test cricket is because obviously he's been given a licence to be able to go and just play his game, but he's also able to take his time as well and... Yeah. You know, it might seem a strange thing to say because you look at his overall strike rates in the 70s and when he has scored those, you know, big scores, it's, it tends to be a lot more than that even. And he catches up a lot by the end of his innings and some of the shots he plays are berserk, that reverse scoop against Jimmy Anderson with the second new ball in that test series in 2021. I mean, mm-hmm. just audacious shots that he plays, but he does, he is able to take that time. Whereas I think with Rishabh Bunt, he feels the pressure, the hype, everything that goes with the name of Rishabh Bunt now because of his performances in Test cricket, they should automatically be a world beater in T20 cricket. And he tries to play literally a shot a ball and not just any old shot, just too expansive every single ball. And he feels that 
if he doesn't score a you know a boundary every two balls that he's not doing his job and and somebody needs to sit him down maybe and say that's not necessarily your job you can take your time if the conditions are like that or you know we're in a difficult situation and we've lost wickets just you can take your time a little bit and you we back you to catch up at the end because that's how good he is um so i think it's just a mindset thing with him somebody like a saywag obviously you know there there were weaknesses um and and they were sort of you know worked on in in white ball cricket by teams around the world and you can set more fields for those types of deliveries those short deliveries and into the body and cramping for room and all that kind of stuff you you can work on that more in ODI cricket as it was in Sewag's day mainly and a little bit T20 internationals as well whereas in test cricket you you've got your traditional slip cordon you look mm. to nick the bat- batters off don't you early on with that swing and you know bring the cordon into play and all that kind of stuff so he just used to take full advantage of that and smash the ball to to all parts through the vacant big cover region which you know they usually just one fielder in that region maybe and picking those gap anything on the legs anything too straight he'll whip it through mid wicket and there's always big gaps there so so I think that's the reason why somebody like a Sewag did so well uh, in tests as opposed to white ball cricket not that he was a bad white ball player but a modest record yeah. similar to something like a, a Rishabh Pant now uh, across white ball cricket so uh, yeah with Rishabh is it's it's more of a mindset thing than anything else and you look you mentioned T20 cricket and um I think that's an important thing you you I think you're correct in terms of ODIs he, he's improving of late and and we have seen that improvement so it's good to stick with him and it is a format that suits him a bit better with the amount of time that he gets to build his innings early on then catch up um but T20s are interesting and uh, we'll discuss that in more detail after this short break I'm Neil Manthorpe, one half of South Africa on 99.94 with Lungani Zama. We're covering the Rainbow Nation as it undergoes its biggest transition since readmission. We cover every part of the South African game on 99.94 and you can hear us several times a week where you find your podcasts or on YouTube. So Sarah, T20 internationals then, Rishabh Bunt, he's, he's had a fair crack of the whip, hasn't he? 66 mm-hmm. matches, 56 innings. And he's not even got a thousand runs yet. Nine hundred and eighty-seven runs, average of twenty-two, strike rate one hundred and twenty-six. Not figures you expect to see from Rishabh Pant. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the last time he scored at a decent strike rate, uh, scored runs, and at a decent strike rate, it was fifty-two unbeaten, fifty-two against uh, West Indies at Eden Gardens, where. He made those runs at a strike rate of 185. He's played a decent amount of games after that, struck in the below 100 uh, many times, struck below 120 many times. And um, I think possibly it's also, you know, his positions. If you just look at his positions, he's batted at number five a number of times, number six. He has played at four also. But then uh, in that interview also, uh, Harsha Bhogle asked him what is his best position and he said that in T20s, he'd like to back up the order. Now, I think it's up to the team management to... Uh, and later on, he did go on to say that, you know, it's imperative that the coach and the captain, they decide uh, which place and which position suits a player and then make the team accordingly. 
so indirectly you know it could be a hint that you know see this is my best position this is where i want to play and you know you make the team accordingly or something like that it could be a message to the management you never know and uh, even in the world cup like t20 world cup it was bizarre that people were you know being like it's either dk versus rishabh pant it was never dinesh kartik versus uh, rishabh pant in the team it was maybe you can say kl rahul versus rishabh pant in the team because uh, and that's where the management you, you know needs to have a clear talk with rishabh pant going forward that you know this is where we think for 2024 this is your best position and give him a longer rope at that place like maybe opening three i think if virat kohli continues kohli will be at three but you know opening is the best spot for him and he is a left hander so you know that you can have someone like a prithvi shaw a left hand right hand combination and it's all so many of india's problems and that's the main issue which the selectors you know tackling rishabh pant in t20s i don't think they've tackled him well enough in the format you know so we are looking at all his stats and it's uh, not the greatest but on one hand it's not really his fault because he's consistently you know being playing at a position which he's not familiar with in contrast contrasted to the IPL where you know he's batted at 3 or 4 and his numbers are uh, a lot better so yeah with rishabh pant in t20s i think it's uh, both ways like he is to blame but then there are a lot of other things to it as well and he he actually mentioned that with harsha bogle didn't he in that interview yeah. where he was asked about his preferred mm-hmm. batting positions and he basically said he likes to open in in uh, t20 internationals or just yeah. t20 cricket generally in odis he said four or five and then he said i'm mm-hmm. already number five in test cricket i don't think he's he's not consistently number five in test cricket um so the way that came across as well i mean yeah. he he wouldn't be a bad shout even at number 7 to be honest if the balance of the mm. side was such that he had to come in a bit lower um so i think probably 6 is is ideal for him in test cricket um i don't know what you think um in t20s mm. yeah if he plays he opens but he doesn't have to play does he the selectors i mean we we haven't got any selectors at the moment or we don't think we have anyway there's some ghosts selecting teams for bangladesh and all that kind of stuff but when the new selection committee comes in do you do you think anybody's got the balls to to drop him is it just one of those situations that he's a star now and we've mm-hmm. got to have him in there yeah especially you know saying that you compare my stats at 32 33 already somehow he's like you know as you said i'm going to play for the next 7 years so yeah you're right i don't know if the players or they can easily just rest him you know rest him for series after series as which is the common term which the selectors use so uh, yeah it's you are very um, you are right about that if he plays he has to open or, or and if he is a certain team in the team there is someone like a sanju samson who in odis yeah, he might might or might not fit in but in t20s he really has to fit in so if someone after 60 matches which is not a like short duration he's played a lot and 60 matches not done that well so why is in sanju there like i think yeah uh, rishabh pant is not playing because of his test records he is uh, he is playing because of his test records suryakumar is playing because of his 
he is playing odis because of his t20 records and it's just a case of you know indian selectors and the bcci just messing up their formats because it's bizarre that one player does well in one format and he's automatically expected to do well in the other format so uh yeah the strong point that he's not a certainty in the t20 11 and we should stop expecting him to be picked you know if he's not picked it should be okay because there are a lot of other talented players there are likes of tevatia also and all these other players coming up so where do they all fit and i think rian parag soon he should be in the team because you know so much he offers and he's had a very good said mushtaq ali trophy very good vijay hazare trophy so there are all these upcoming youngsters doing well in different formats so pant if he's not doing well then just be honest and yeah, yeah just like guy quite you know there's there's so many i yeah. mean just on the sanju samson versus rishabh pant so the stats in odi cricket in 2022 Uh, they've both played similar amount of matches. Sanju's played nine, well, not innings. This is nine innings. Rishabh Bunt ten innings. Um, Sanju's got two hundred and eighty-four runs at an average of seventy-one, and a strike rate of one hundred and five. And Rishabh Bunt three hundred and thirty-six runs, um, average of thirty-seven point three, strike rate ninety-six and a half. So. I would say similar stats. You look at the average there, and you think, "Wow, Sanju Sampson averages seventy-one," but. In terms of the runs they've scored, I mean, you know, he's got 250s, Sanju. Rishabh's got 250s and 100 from just one more innings. Um, boundary count, Sanju's got 24s. Rishabh's got 42. Although Sanju Sampson has got 14 sixes to Rishabh's five. I'd say on the face of it, very similar stats. It's just that Sanju's had couple of extra not outs right and then that average has yeah. been boosted and and you know it's not just to sneer at the not outs because those not outs have won games for india as well so he's been in those positions and he's made sure he's got india over the line to either win those matches or you know be at the end to set that target so you know is is not to sneer at that but they're very similar stats as well so a lot is made of wow he averages 71 he averages 37 but yeah. you look at the runs the boundaries the strike rate all very similar um in terms of all that so i i think there's you know a little bit more behind those stats that needs to be delved into before people just look on the face of it and think wow sanju sampson has to be playing ahead of rishabh pant in in odis maybe the the argument is there as you say for T20s but as far as ODIs go um you know Rishabh is improving the stats are very similar if you delve into them as well right so Rishabh Pant the the person then again he's been getting a lot of stick on social media for his appearance the fact people think he's overweight mm. his attitude of of course we've talked about as well we'll take another short break and then off the back of that we'll discuss Rishabh Pant the person and his his personality I'm Jared Kimber and I host two podcasts on 99.94. Red Inca, which is chats on trends and stories within the game with a weekly Q&A where I can be asked about anything from a time-traveling Don Bradman to which cricket ground serves the best food. And Double Century, I look at the historical stories that make cricket what it is today. You can search for either of them in your favorite podcast platform or on the 99.94 DM app. So Sarah Rishabh Bunt, I mean, look, he's he's not had an easy journey in in cricket. I mean, He's he's from uh, Haridwar, and yeah. he went to train in Delhi. So you know, had to take overnight buses with his mum quite often. 
They slept on the floor in a gurdwara because they had no other accommodation. They couldn't afford anywhere to stay. They ate langar because they couldn't afford really to eat out and stuff. And, you know, he had a tough journey, but this is him as sort of, you know, before he was even a teenager, 11, 12, 13 years old, you know, trying to make it as a cricketer, got the support from his family. His dad was, you know, obviously uh, not there with him at the time. So that would, would have been difficult. And, you know, his his mum was with him for, for quite a lot of those times in Delhi when he was initially going there for the training. Then later he, he would have to make that journey on his own as well and sleep in the Gurdwara. And, you know, I know a lot of Indian cricketers have been through similar things. We talk about Yashasvi Jaiswal and you know, a lot of publicity around him sleeping in a tent in Shivaji Park, basically, for, for years away from his family as well. So we know a lot of them have been through it, but he's no different. It's not as if he's been fed a silver spoon from birth and he's just got everything handed to him on a plate. He's had to work damn hard to get to where he is. And, yeah. you know, maybe that, arrogance that some people see is just him having that fight and that you know he's defending himself because he's had to fight every step of the way to get to where he is and even to play domestic age group cricket and and all that kind of stuff he's 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 had to put in a lot of sacrifice and often people who've been on journeys like that get defensive they get you know it means a lot to them they don't want to lose what they've got they get defensive and it might come across as arrogant. Do you, do you think there's there's a fair argument to say that he might not be arrogant in some of those comments? He's just defending mm. himself. Yeah, that's true. Uh, one more thing which needs to be spoken about if you're talking about his journey is that his uh, father unfortunately passed away during the IPL um, in 2017 when he was just a teenager. He went back, cremated his father came back two days later, played a match when everyone was, he was just a teenager when everyone was like, you know, you can easily skip the IPL. There's nothing wrong with it. And he came back and he scored a fighting 50. I think it was against RCB. He was uh, the high scorer for his team. And I think his team went on to lose by one run in the end or something like that. And uh, before that, you know, that was the match where I was like, okay, wow, Rishabh Pant, you know, his temperament. And it's so, that incident is so similar to what Kohli also had to go through um, in 2008. So, um, yeah, it's especially with the IPL, you know, yeah, still Virat, I'm not comparing, it's wrong to compare, but with Rishabh Pant, it's like, you know, you are playing against the top level players. No, a few years later, people will forget uh, all the external factors that happened and judge you just based on your stats. So, uh, to come back there and play like play world class bowlers is laudable for someone who was just a teenager back then, and that's his whole temperament, as you rightly said. That if you want to talk about an uh, an incident which showed what Rushapan the cricketer is, I think that's the uh, that's the incident you talk about, and yeah, it's. Uh, in last podcast, we spoke about that, you know, we are very quick to criticize all these players. It could just be that, you know, he is just defending himself. As you said, that he has not been given a consistent rope in T20s. Also, you can say we spoke about how, you know, he prefers batting up the order. He's been batting at five, six, sometimes even lower. So, uh, yeah, it's very right to say... Uh, it's very wrong to say that, you know, this is just blatant, this was arrogance or something, and maybe I shouldn't have said that. 
but um, i think it works two ways that on one hand he is it did come across as that but on the other hand there are just so many layers to it so it's just a very complex you know just analyzing someone's comments based on uh just face value seems a little yeah there are so many layers to it and yeah that's all i have to say yeah yeah no you're right and and those sort of coming back after the passing of his father you mentioned coley there obviously sachin did it in the 1999 yeah. world cup as well where he flew all the way back from england mm. um to mumbai to cremate his father and then flew back and scored 140 against kenya um i remember that so well and he missed the zimbabwe match as a result india lost that so yeah. You know, everyone's hopes were, were pinned on Sachin to come back and do something, and and he delivered. So, you know, you, you've not just got to be a great player to do that, but you, you've got to be so mentally strong mm. to be able to come back from the death of a family member, particularly a parent, um, yeah. and you know, just literally come back and and play and do your job and do it really well. I mean, you know, the the mental strength that he must have to to just to be able to take to the field, let alone score a 50. I mean, even if he got out for a golden duck, nobody would have cared at that time mm. and, and blamed him. Um, but the fact that he went out there and he still concentrated and did his job well, just so mentally strong. So it has to be lauded for that as well. I, I'd say another thing that happens a lot in South Asia and not just India, but across South Asia, across the world really, but particularly from what I see in south asia from from sports fans is and, and not just sports fans even people who are fans of the movie industry the you know bollywood and all that there's a lot of body shaming that goes on and a lot of it is from people who probably got a beer belly themselves hiding behind a screen have got a profile picture on their social media of a dog or something and you know or just something random or maybe virat kohli is their profile picture or whatever They've yeah. got no right to talk about anyone else's appearance when, you know, and, and I've got no right to talk about their appearance either. But if they want to put it out there, you know, these are people who are not exactly chiseled Greek gods, are they, making these comments? Mm. <laughs> these is your average Joe off the street commenting on Risha Bunt being overweight or whatever it is, you know, and, and Prithvi Shaw has, has copped a lot in the past as well. And, you know, a lot of cricketers over the years, a lot of Bollywood stars have, have copped this kind of criticism. Ashwarya Rai has, has had a lot over the years as well, if you're talking about movies. and Days after she delivered a, a baby. kid, everyone was like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. everyone was like... It's like, mate, you know... When will you lose Welcome to the yeah. real world, you know what I mean? This is what, what people have to go through. Mm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it. You should be proud, whatever your body shape. Um, you know, nobody should be should have a right to judge. And... You know, Rishabh Pant, yeah, he's he's not in Virat Kohli shape. He's not in Ravi Jadeja's shape. You know, he's he's not that kind of cricketer. He's not a Faf du Plessis. He's not, you know, <laughs> these guys are on a different level when it comes to that kind of fitness. And a lot of it, I would say, you know, it's, it's worked for Kohli. That's the regime that's worked for him. It's worked for Du Plessis. It's worked for Jadeja. It's worked for so many cricketers around the world where they look in shape. They've got a good you know muscle definition they're slim then you know they're they're toned all that kind of stuff and it seems to work and bring out the best in them in terms of their cricket whereas you look at you know a Sachin Tendulkar for example or 
you know, an Aravinda da Silva, if you're talking Sri Lankans, Lakshman. I mean, he couldn't even stand up straight for the second half of his career, but managed to, you know, just be such a brilliant player for India. Sewag. I love Sewag. Even Rohit Sharma, right? You know, you look at all these guys and I love players like that because they make me believe that, you know, you don't need to look like Virat Kohli to be able to play international cricket. And and there is such a thing. I've spoken about it so many times about cricket fitness. Mm. And who's mm. to say that Rishabh Bunt isn't fit enough to? I mean, he's he's shown he's fit enough to be out there and score unbeaten centuries and under huge pressure in hot conditions in Australia. He's done it in India. He's done it in England when it was it was very hot in in the most recent summer where he uh, hit that 125 not out at Old Trafford. It was in the middle of a heat wave. You know, it was like nearly 40 degrees. And he was doing that. So you know, he can bat in these really difficult conditions for long periods of time, run between the wickets, you know, hit those big shots. He's got the energy to do that. He can keep wickets as well. That takes a different type of fitness. So who are people to judge somebody like Arisha Punt just because of the way they think he looks and they don't think he looks fit enough to be an international cricketer? And there were pictures of people saying that, you know, the, do you remember Dwayne Leberock in the 2007 World Cup, the Bermuda guy who took that diving catch? Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously he didn't look like an international cricketer and he was a part-time cricketer. Um, and, and everybody has fun with that video and, mm. and the memes about him. And there were people posting pictures of Dwayne Leberock underneath that interview with Harsha Bogle that Rishabh gave and saying this is Rishabh Bunt when he's 30, 32, like he talks about. I mean, it's just so disrespectful to yeah. to suggest things like that. There's such a thing as cricket fitness. And for me, he's more than fit enough to play international cricket. He keeps wickets for long periods of time. He bats for long periods of time. He's proven that at least. Hmm. Yeah. And just uh, one very, uh, while you were talking about that, all very fair points, I just, thought of this similarity to people in the Indian current Indian team who are criticized for their weight Rohit Sharma and Rishabh Pant Rohit Sharma is still called Vada Pao and all that uh, it's very coincidental if you can say that how you know their journeys have gone obviously uh, Rohit Sharma is at a very later stage in his career but you know their start there was a lot of criticism about Rohit Sharma when he was starting off for for first four five six years he was called the Maggie man like you know just two minutes there were a lot of memes obviously back then there was no Twitter and all but there were these SMS forwards and whatever uh, back in the day where you were like you know all these jokes that okay uh, someone calls some like the dressing room people want to talk to Rohit Sharma and there were these memes that oh yeah he'll be back in two minutes because you know he's the Maggie man he'll be dismissed and uh, all those jokes were doing the rounds back then also and there was criticism about how uh, he is being continued within the team I think there was Manoj Tiwari who's, who scored a hundred against West Indies uh and then the next series, which was a CB series against Australia, uh, Manoj Tiwari was dropped and Rohit Sharma, who was injured for the West Indies tour, he came back and then um, he had a pretty decent CB series. So there, But there were all these, you know, talks about how the management is favouring Rohit Sharma for no reason and it's unfair to the other players. I think something very similar is happening to Rishabh Pant also. 
but we can't deny the other hand whatever we spoken we've dissected pant that pant is a once in a generational cricketer like you know just to be able to he has 500s in test cricket 590s in test cricket which you know he could have well had 10 100s in test cricket so early on in his career which is you know just bizarre and he's done it against the best bowlers and uh, across conditions different conditions the border gavaskar trophy you know it's like iconic for someone like me who didn't see the 2001 series so it's very i think somehow the management all that we've spoken about somehow the management knows that you know okay rohit sharma if we back him for 5 years he will give us the desired results in the next 10 years or so and maybe the same is happening with rishabh pant also we never know whatever we've dissected is based on current form and going forward there is no doubt about his skills like we are not doing this podcast because we are ignorant of whatever rishabh pant has to offer we are just talking about current skills and just it's very coincidental coincidental how you know it's rishabh pant and rohit sharma both are fat shamed and have ha- almost had a very similar start to their uh, international careers you know one thing i will say as well is that the the great thing about both of those guys and virender sewag and all these guys we've spoken about nitu david even from the indian women's team mm. was was fat shamed for so long and even yeah. i mean there is like got racial at some points with the, her skin color and all that kind of stuff which is horrible they don't give a shit which i think yeah. is brilliant i mean look at sewag now sewag he doesn't you know he's not gone in for all that sort of hair replacement treatment He's happy with his bald patch. He's happy with his tummy sticking out a little bit. He doesn't care, and that's how it should yeah. be, right? You should be happy with who you are. If if you mm. don't like that, then get down the gym and get a personal trainer and do all that. Eat right, and if that's what you want to look like, then fine. But if you don't care, and as long as Roy Sharma and Rishabh Pant are both fit enough to play international cricket, and Roy's not got long left, he's getting on a little bit in age. Um, just just do what you're doing man if if he does enjoy varapao let him enjoy varapao let him do that if if i could if i could score as many runs internationally as he has done and i could eat varapaos and pao bhajis and all this you know fried food i'd love it i would absolutely love it wouldn't you if you could just eat whatever you wanted go out yeah. there score hundreds calm just eat a big mcdonald's whatever it is right whatever floats your boat i would love that so if they can do it let him do it i say yeah agree 100% that's it on the other hand yeah uh, agree on the other hand virat kohli there uh, you know he eats butter chicken and he's like i have to double because i have to double the amount of ex- i have to do double the amount of exercise which i do if i just eat you know a little bit of butter chicken or whatever it is that he eats so well, he doesn't yeah, eat chicken anymore does he he's Yeah. given up all that pav bhaji or chola bhatura well he he basically yeah. you know that there's that story of i think it was the 100 in adelaide in 1415 or something like that when he just started really getting into the fitness mm. and stuff it was either that or was it the 100 at edgbaston in 18 i can't remember one or the other he tells a story about he got back to the hotel after that knew he'd played a brilliant innings and he he must have been 1415 because he still ate chicken back then and he ordered a chicken burger to the room on room service and he took the bun off the top 
And he was about to take the bun off the bottom as well. And he thought, no, you know what? I deserve, I'll have one one half of the bun today. And that's like, you know, these people who are a bit extreme, like, oh yeah, go on then. I'll have a little bit of milk with my tea. I'll treat myself. You know, it's just like, it's a bit extreme, but it works for him, right? Whatever works for you, just do that. And, you know, it's it's working for Rishabh Pant, I think, in terms of fitness. And I don't think that's an issue. I just think in T20 cricket, like we've sort of suggested, he either has to open or you, you look for other options mm. because he's he's not your finisher and he's had a good run in the middle order and it's just not worked out really. So, um, but yeah, we, we do hope to see him till he's at least 32, if not 36 and, and having success for India across formats, um, be it ODIs, tests, whatever it might be. So uh, Rishabh, we love you and um, we just hope hope you're successful as uh, as your talent suggests you will be. I think that about sums it up, right? Yep, yep. And continue the stump mic chat. Oh, we love it. That makes test cricket <laughs> even more enjoyable. Yeah. Love it with all those different sound effects that he comes out with as well. Right, yeah. that's all we've got time for on this uh, Rishabh Bunt special. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for joining us and see you again next time. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Nikesh Rugani and at Swaris16. Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. Cricket every day, your way. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.